0: As indicated by writers Ben Castleman and Gina Smialek, data indicate that workers in retail, hospitality, and other service industries bore the brunt of last year's mass layoffs. But unlike previous generations of workers in lower-wage segments, whose earning power eroded during past recessions, many of those who held onto their positions experienced wage increases even during the worst months of the pandemic. Some of this was attributable to hazard pay supplied by employers. Now, as the economy returns toward normalcy and many employers scramble for additional staff, Entry-level and near-entry-level workers have the kind of negotiating leverage typically relegated to lengthy economic booms. For the first time on record, average earnings for non-managers in leisure and hospitality hit $15 an hour this February. By April, average earnings were closer to $16 an hour, reflecting a nearly 5% rise in just two months. Some economists are surprised. Earnings growth typically slows substantially when unemployment is high, which it has been for the past 14 months. But as has been the case along multiple dimensions, the pandemic has produced some truly surprising economic outcomes, and from the perspective of many workers, this one is positive. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. A recent New York Times article points out that about 741,000 fewer black women were employed this past May than in February of 2020. That represents a 7% decline in black female employment. Nearly 900,000 fewer Hispanic women were employed in May compared to the pre-pandemic period, which also translates into an approximate 7% decline in employment. Though Americans across racial, ethnic, and gender groups are gaining jobs, and despite the fact that women collectively experienced larger gains than men in May, it is still the case that in terms of returning to work, Hispanic and black women lagged the most. As indicated by the Times, women faced special challenges during the recession. As state and local lockdowns closed schools, women were left to shoulder sudden child care responsibilities to a greater extent than men. Women, particularly minorities, were also more likely to be employed in face-to-face service jobs that disappeared by the millions. Progress is also diverging sharply by age. Teenagers are flooding back into the labor market, working at a rate not experienced in more than a decade. By contrast, workers older than 55 remain much less likely to work than prior to the pandemic and, as a group, have made little progress in recent months. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For American teenagers looking for work, this may be the best summer in years. As indicated by writers Gina Mialik and David McCabe, many enterprises are quickly transitioning from being hardly staffed to being fully staffed. That has produced a surge of available job openings in America, and teenagers are rushing to fill a disproportionate share of them. The share of 16 to 19-year-olds who are working hasn't been this elevated since 2008. Approximately 256,000 to 19 year olds secured employment in April, representing the vast majority of newly employed people that month. This represents a sharp reversal from the pandemic's early stages when teenagers suffered significant job losses. Among other things, the surge in teen employment means that this group will enjoy enhanced spending power over the next several months. Many will also benefit from on-the-job experience. As with virtually all things economic, the rise in teenage unemployment is not pure bliss. It comes with some drawbacks. Some educators warn that new jobs could distract from school. What's more, the recent wave of hiring has been led by white teenagers, raising concerns that many young people from minority groups may miss out on the hot summer job market. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknell, I'm Aniban Basu. The world is plagued by shortages. Among the many items that have been in short supply in recent months are computer chips, chlorine, and softwood lumber. The result has been higher manufacturing costs, rising consumer prices, and production delays. How did it come to this? As indicated by writers Peter Goodman and Niraj Chokshi, one of the factors has been the global move toward just-in-time manufacturing. The Japanese automaker Toyota pioneered this monumental advance in industrial efficiency. Just-in-time manufacturing involves having parts delivered to factories at precisely the moment they are required, minimizing the need to stockpile them. Over the past half century, this approach has involved industries beyond automobiles, including food processing and pharmaceuticals. But the tumult of the past 15 months has challenged the merits of limited inventory. As indicated by the writers, just-in-time is running late. The most prominent manifestations of excessive reliance on just-in-time are found in the very industry that invented it. Automakers have been negatively impacted by a shortage of computer chips, lacking chips on hand, auto factories from India and Brazil to the United States have been forced to halt assembly lines. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For many of us, it's time to return to the office. But what does one wear to work after many months in sweatpants and boxer shorts? As indicated by writer Suzanne Kappner, millions of Americans are heading back to the office and they need new clothes. This offers a rare opportunity for retailers who strive to anticipate what customers will want to wear at work in the new normal. Many brands are scaling back their production of suits, adding more stretch to their pants, and using new phrases such as work leisure. They are producing yoga pants that look like dress pants, t-shirts you can wear to work, and a dressier version of cork-lined sandals known simply as the work burk. Given all the madness and mayhem that befell apparel retailers last year, the stakes are high. Many apparel retailers struggled during the pandemic, including the likes of Brooks Brothers, Crew, and J.C. Penney, which each filed for bankruptcy last year and collectively shuttered hundreds of stores. Some retailers are betting that workers are ready for something different. For instance, Dockers, which helped create the concept of business casual, is adding more stretch to its classic chinos. In the words of that brand's global head of design, quote, they look like khakis, but they feel more like sweatpants, close quote. For WYPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.